So ever since I have grown into myself, I have acquired a license to drive boats, a license to fly planes, and today in my day job, among the things that I do is uh, professional development with scientists to help them communicate what they do in their work better to the public. I'm a science educator. But if you had met me when I was five years old, you wouldn't have expected I would do any one of those things. Because when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, um, I, I just had this sense that everyone else around me, they were, they were catching on to all these things that I was missing out on. It was like everybody had this magical sense. They all caught on to things together that, that I just wasn't a part of. And I, I never really could figure out what it was that was going on. And the thing about that is, is if you have a whole group of people and everybody all notices something at the same time, and then there's one member of that group that doesn't. Um, that's kind of what we call stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I've never really thought of myself as stupid, but I've also been very aware that that's probably how I was being perceived by all of my peers and even the adults around me when I was growing up. Um, and so they all had this magical sense. They could just sense things that were going on without um, warning. And um, for example, one of those times uh, where this happened, I was, uh, I was in class, I was in elementary school, and somebody had brought in a goose egg that they had found uh, for show and tell. And we were watching the presentation, and all of a sudden, everybody just starts running out of the room. And even the teacher is running out of the room. And I, I didn't really know what was happening, but everybody, if everybody starts running against you, you, you run with them. And so, so I run out of the room, and what I find is everybody's kind of grabbing their stomachs, and they're leaning over, and some people are actually throwing up, and the teacher is doing the same thing, too, so I'm watching what's going on around me, and uh, the only thing I can really think to do, because I don't understand any of this, is I mimic it, so I kind of grab my stomach, and I lean over, too, hope that nobody really notices me, and it, it wasn't until I, we got back in the class a while later that I had found out that the, the goose egg was rotten, and that it had broken. <laughs> And, and what I didn't know then, that I know now, is that I have anosmia. So, um, and what that means is I, I'm not able to smell. Um, so not only am I not able to smell, but I am also severely dyslexic. Now dyslexia is a condition when you, um, when you see symbols in front of you, sometimes you'll rearrange them. And so if those are numbers or uh, letters, uh, that can be frustrating if you're trying to do math or reading. Uh, I'm actually a really extreme case where I don't just rearrange them. Um, I flip them up and down, back and forwards, and if I'm reading a paragraph, you could have a letter that's two lines up on that paragraph, and it can find its way two or three lines down to the word that I'm reading. Everything is just kind of random. Uh, for a long time, I didn't know this, um, but pretty much what it's like, if you're dyslexic and you're trying to read for the first time, it kind of feels like, and first of all, I just want to say, like, fuck all of those little alphabet magnet sets. <laughs> They're horrible. They do not help you. They, okay, because if, if you take out of those, like an M, um, why is it sometimes an M and why is it sometimes a W? Like, let's think about this. Okay, so 
if I put that uh, letter on the table, or if you take a P, or maybe it's a B, or a D, or a Q, because they're all really the same symbol if you look at them three-dimensionally, and I put it on a table, and then um, if I walk around over here, oh, look, it's a P, and if I walk over here, oh, look, magically, it's a different letter, and I had no idea why everybody just got this, and I didn't get this. It's kind of uh, like... If you were to take all those magnetic letters and uh, if you're asking a young child who's dyslexic to read for the first time and actually recognize a word, um, every time they come across that word, it's as though you took those letters that were in the word, shuffled them in your hands and threw them on a table. And I said, yeah, so this is the word. Do you recognize it? And the next time that word comes up, you took those back again and you shuffled them again in your hand and you didn't pay attention to whether they flopped over one way or the other or what orientation you were looking at them yet, but you're still expected to like, just find some kind of pattern in this. And so um, I had these uh, things that, were, um, that prevented me from interacting with the world the same way that everyone else around me was interacting with the world. And sometimes it was cute. Um, like, when I would go to the grocery store with my mom and I was little, and I would always sneak away to the makeup aisle, like you do, and I would try on all the makeup, because I was getting away with something, and I would go to the perfume section, and I would, I would pick one with a pretty bottle out, and I would like spritz it on me, and I would smell it, and it didn't work, so I would try it again. <laughs> the next one and like just spray it on some more and I would try everyone in there just like hope that one of them would work and um, they never did and so I would get bored and I would go back and find my mom and, uh, for some reason she just like always knew and she was like pissed at me she'd be like Emily oh my god were you in the perfume aisle and I'd say no <laughs> No way she could tell. And um, she would talk about how, like, this is serious. Some people will want to throw up. And, like, she was so stubborn about it that, like, when we would write home, she would, like, make us roll down the window. Like, I couldn't tell she was pissed or something. And so. And there are other times when it was actually hurtful. When the way that I interpreted the world was so much different than the people around me. Like, we, we would all have to sit in a circle, in a, and we would have to read, uh, because all of my peers, they were, they were picking up the patterns that they saw in these words, and, and I, I wasn't picking them up, because for me, like, they were so inconsistent, and there, there was no pattern. Um, so I remember sitting in a circle and having everybody around me read, and, like, watching all of these girls I really just wanted to be friends with, and I really just... I wanted to hang out with them and like make them laugh, and um, they would look down at these um, these piles of symbols, and and they, they would be able to turn them into like beautiful stories. And, and at whenever it was their turn or somebody else's turn, the story would continue and it would go around, and then it would get to me, and. I mean, this really sucked, and I, I, this is not what I wanted to say, but um, I didn't know what else to do because I, they were asking me to do something that, like, I, I, I didn't know what they, I had no idea how they wanted me to do this, so I would just say, I can't read. And my teacher at this point was kind of getting, he was really frustrated with me at the time, and he said, well, just try. I can't read. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, I can't, I don't know what they're doing, but I can't do that. And so then we started to negotiate. It's like, well, okay, well, could you just try to sound out the letters? 
I know you know your letters. Every time we test you go on letters, you can make the sound. So just try to sound it out. I was like, fine. And the, the first letter of my paragraph, the first word that I was going to sound out was the. And so um, I proceeded. And the first letter uh, in the is T. So I said T. The second letter in the is H. And so I said H. Followed by the final letter being E, which is E. So I said T. H. Eh. And I look back up to the teacher, and they're giving me nothing. So I've never heard of this word before. Um, it's making no sense to me. Um, so I tried again. And um, all the girls that I, I really just kind of want to be accepted by, they're kind of like just staring at me blankly at this point. And finally, the teacher just shouts out, like, the, Emily. The word is the, just like it was the in the last sentence, and just like it's going to be the in the next sentence. As if this was a pattern that I was just I was supposed to understand by now, when she'd asked me to sound out by the way the word the, and um, <laughs> and so it kind of it got to the point where when I was in fifth grade and by this time I knew I was dyslexic but it was still really challenging and um, I knew I was dyslexic because there was also these other things that I hadn't found out I couldn't smell yet and I couldn't figure out exactly why. Uh, everybody would just do something at one point, and I was very much left out of it. And this cloud and this idea of stupid was still thick in the air. And um, when a rick came, and, and I finally got away from school and from all these other peers, and I, I couldn't, I, I really couldn't do it anymore. Um, there was no way that I was capable or had it in me at all to go back to school on the Monday when the break was over. Um, it wasn't worth it, and so I decided that I had to find a way over the course of the break to kill myself. And so I was 11 years old, and I was trying to go through my head, I was trying to figure out a way that I could possibly kill myself that I would be allowed to do. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, when you're 11, you don't have a lot of control over your own life, so I'm like, I'm going through my head. Um, I grew up in Alaska, so I'm trying to think, what are ways that I know that people die? Okay, so people freeze to death. But my parents are never going to let me stay out long enough to freeze to death. <laughs> um, okay, so people get mauled by bears, but it was winter, and they were all hibernating. And so <laughs> but I knew, I knew, as every 11-year-old knows, that a human can only go three days without water. That was the key. Three days without water. And the beautiful thing about this plan, like just not drinking water for three days, is like I could fit it really neatly into any part of my winter break that I wanted. I could actually just go and have fun with my brother and my cousins and my family and we could have those, like, this wonderful time uh, at home. And then just as long as at some point I just didn't drink water for three days before I had to go back to school. And so <laughs> winter break was going on really great. I was having best time ever and then finally I started to realize it was kind of getting close to when we would have to go back and, and I was gonna have to buckle down if I really wanted to like squeeze these three days in so, <laughs> so we got like it was actually it was the last three days of break when I was like okay it's time to do this and uh, I stopped drinking water day one no water and when you're an active young kid like this this is very difficult so no water day one that's going good day two day two was New Year's Eve <laughs> <laughs> 
and um, on New Year's Eve, everyone came over to our house. Um, all my aunts and uncles and cousins, and my, my brother was there, and, and all of the aunts and uncles and all the adults, they're having beer and wine and having this grand old time. And for the kids, we've got like this endless supply of soda pop because, you know, it's, it's a holiday, we're gonna celebrate. And so everybody's like cracking over it in these, these Cokes and these Dr. Peppers, and everybody's like, oh, everyone, do you wanna get something? Are you thirsty? I'll grab you something. And I'm always so like, no. <laughs> I was so, so thirsty and it was so hard just watching everyone in front of me drink over and over and be so satisfied with hydration until finally, <laughs> finally, I thought to myself, well, okay, so my mom has always told me that soda pop dehydrates you. <laughs> I could probably have that, and so I, I cracked open one uh, can of soda and like I downed it and like probably just tossed it aside, grabbed another and I like downed that one too, and it's probably on the third one that I was finally starting to calm down and be like, whoo! <laughs> Consequently, um, I happened to be alive on Monday, and so I had to go back to school. <laughs> and you know, um, I started figuring out some coping mechanisms. Um, and they're ones that I still use today, like every day. I don't think about them as much as I did when I was figuring them out, but um, anytime I do a math problem, whether I do it by hand or in my head or in a calculator, I'll do it forwards and I'll do it backwards again because if I do it forwards and backwards and I end up with the same numbers I started with, it, probably there was no mistake in there. I probably didn't mix anything around. When I read, I will read a sentence two or three times still today um, because I know that if I read a sentence twice or three times, that I, I didn't screw up on that. Like that sentence was exactly what, as it was written, but if I only read it once, I can't guarantee you that what I thought in my head was what the words that were actually down in that piece of paper. Um, it wasn't until, it wasn't until I was a freshman in, in high school that I actually figured out on my own that I wasn't able to smell and I put those connections together because it's not something that we test kids for. Um, but when I was a sophomore in high school, there was something that, something interesting happened. And it was, this is, it was the first time in my life that, that something like this had happened. I was in uh, my sophomore year chemistry class. And for the first time ever, I had a teacher actually tell me that I was smart. Now I knew, I knew that I was never stupid. I knew the whole time that there was just some kind of miscommunication going on and I could not explain to people, like, I'm not stupid. There's just something that you have that I don't have. But for the first time in my life, I had a teacher actually tell me that I was smart. And it could have been any subject. It could have been any class. But the class happened to be a chemistry class. It happened to be science. And I have to tell you, I don't think that I would have gone into science education if the first time a teacher had ever told me I was smart would have been in any other class. 